1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt and limited time to prep just like us? Are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids, work, and families? Then this is a podcast for you. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, uh, episode 10, right? That is correct. So here we go, episode 10. This is, uh, we're recording this super late, um... We missed our Saturday because of work deal, so we're just recording this a couple days before we're about to send it, so this is going to be a kind of a different podcast. It's just going to be me and Homie talking on this one about the success we had this year and some things that we learned and some things that we're going to apply for next year. So uh, we, we've had a lot of comments out there about people wanting to know kind of the bucks we've shot and stuff, so this might be a kind of opportunity to tell some of those stories. So Ryan, just go ahead and do your shout out thing. Yeah, we're going to do the Veteran Broadhead shout-out by VIP, and we're going to call out Bryce Myers. Uh, he's in the National Guard, and uh, he's been he's been interacting with us on Facebook, and uh, he, he's, he's got two boys, and he loves getting them outside, riding four-wheelers. Uh, I believe they've been turkey hunting, and I think his oldest one's been uh, deer hunting with him, and I think he's four, so oh yeah he's well got him out there thanks for what you do bryce we appreciate that and that was the vip veteran broadhead shout out we're gonna go right into this you want to start ryan or homie or do you want me yeah. to start um i'll just kind of run down you know cody kind of did it there but you know 
I just want to touch on some things that I tried new this year and uh, some things that I'm going to try new for 2018 year. Um, that's kind of what I want to highlight here on this, this episode. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you want to go first? Or? Yeah, I'll go out first. So, most of you guys know if you listen to the podcast here, um, I did shoot a buck last year, a six-and-a-half-year-old, um, and I, I had some key factors that actually made me shoot that deer. So, that was the most relevant to me. So, I'm going to start with that last year. Since it is the off-season, um, and people are, you know, kind of thinking about shed hunting and stuff, or thinking about, you know, next year's deer. So, that's what I, that's what, that's how I killed that buck. Uh, shed hunting, I started, I went into my sanctuary. I never go into it, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to cruise through there real quick, and I'm going to look for some sheds, and then I'm going to pop out, so... I never hunted right on top of it. I was always three, four hundred yards off of it, and uh, I, I cruised right through it. And I didn't find any sheds, but I found some monster buck beds with rubs on both sides of them. And uh, the only reason I found that is because I pressured into that safe zone that I never would think about going to during the hunting season. But I was thinking, man, it's February, got plenty of time to cool off. I'm gonna cruise through this stuff. And uh, the buck that I killed, I actually seen get up out of one of those beds that I'd scouted the winter previous, 70, 80 yards away from the stand that I had hung to kill that buck. I didn't know it was that deer. I just knew there was a big buck using those beds. So I crashed in there, and I got a bunch of nice bucks on trail camera. They were always going towards that area bedding. And uh, I hung a stand and I hung a stand where I was in my mind I was like okay deer's gonna come out here he's gonna circle he's gonna cross right here and I'm gonna shoot him at five yards and that's exactly what happened it don't happen like that a lot but I I give the success to the fact that I went in there during the off season looking for sheds and found those beds because if I wouldn't have found them beds I'd have never hung a stand there because I have a stand probably 400 yards from that spot that I've killed deer before, so I've never pressured in past that. And then another thing I also get success on that buck was watching for that early October cold front. You know, that October cold front came through right after a rainstorm and it dropped 20 degrees. And I went in there and I killed that di- uh, buck with an hour and a half of daylight left. You know, so. How, how big is your sanctuary on your piece? Uh, my piece is pretty small, so it's about six acres. And it's really, really thick. It's six acres of, if you see the video I got on YouTube, it's uh, it's like you can't. The buck's like thirty yards away, and it. I mean, it just looks like a jungle because he's hitting a scrape, and and you can't even shoot him because it's so thick. But right, right where they cross the line from the old fence that's there, uh, it where like they had hogs on one side and the hogs had the timber cleaned out and they didn't have them on the other side from way back in the day so the other side's just like a clear oak walnut timber you know with not as much undergrowth and it's just like a transition from that thick stuff to that you know more open timber and that's where he came out of so i was right on the edge of that thick stuff and that's like other podcasts i talk about hunting that transition line either whether it's grass to timber or the open timber to really heavy timber you know and that's kind of where i've had a lot of success so that's why i try to go to so is is it just more undergrowth or is it just more trees Uh, in general the it's more you know like the trees that have the the green leaves for like ever i'm not (laughs) sure what they're called they're short they might like six eight foot tall and they kind of swoop over 
and it's just that just thick, you know. And then it kind of it's that for 50 yards, and then it kind of opens up into a grass area, and then it just bowls out for probably like three acres. It's just a big bowl, and then it runs all the way down to a creek bottom. And that bowl to that creek bottom is just it's hard to walk through, you know. That's why I never mess with it. And um, every deer that I have killed besides one out there has came from that direction. So I don't know if if they're all coming out of that sanctuary or. And I know that there's a lot of does better there too because I hunted it a couple of times and every time I hunted it, does are just piling out of it. And they're piling out of that thick stuff. They're eating that browse and then they're trying to get on some acorns before they get to the, the big fields. So, Right on. I would say the, we'll just stick with the sanctuary topic there. You know, we kind of had a sanctuary on, on my property and, and nobody's hunted back there in the 13 or so years that I've hunted there and... And even before that, I, don't, I haven't heard of anybody getting back up in there. And it's it's the farthest west that the property can go, and uh, it's thick. It's thick. That's why that's why nobody hunts there. So my brother's got to stand close to over there, and uh, he's killed three, three, four nice deer. And Jeff's on the north of of this sanctuary, and that's just kind of where we draw the line. And Cody and I have been been up there shed hunting. And uh, I keep, I told him for two years, I said, man, I got to get a stand up in here. I got to get a stand up in here. But then I'm just like, well, you know, I just go back to that sanctuary. They say, you know, just stay out. The, them deer got to have a place to go and and feel safe. And then finally this year, you know, I just said, you know, I got to get in there. There's there's big rubs and there's beds everywhere. And it's it's a huge doe bedding on, on the side of this ridge. And I finally just went in there and hung a camera, and I, I got a stand-up, and uh, I waited until it was right, and I had to wait until 20, October 23rd, 24th, and uh, until it was right, and, you know, it was just starting to get good, and I went in there and hunted, and I didn't I didn't feel like my stand was in the right spot, and, you know, I've got no previous uh, encounters over there or anything, because nobody's been up in there, so... I'm just kind of going off of, of my feel, and I felt like I was in the woods too deep, and I brought it back out towards the field edge about 80 yards, and uh, kind of hung it to where my camera was, and... You brought it back into the thick stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I brought I brought it back up towards the, the field there, and it, it it's the field edge, and then it's really thick, and then it kind of thins out back to where Jeff's hunting up mm-hmm. to the north, and uh, just right there in the thick stuff is... It's just you, it looks like a highway. I mean, it's, it's trails everywhere, and it's it's in between a buck bedding and a doe bedding area, and that's that's what makes that spot so good. Is them bucks are coming up on that ridge, walking that ridge, and then they're going down the ridge to where my brother's stand is, checking them doe bedding mm-hmm. and bumping them does up. Because every time my brother sees deer, it's always a doe, and it's just kind of trotting, and then you know, ten seconds later, here's big boy chasing her yeah he shot that giant a couple years ago right out of your sanctuary (laughs) yeah yeah i mean technically i don't see the harm that you're doing because it seems like he's pressing in he put that hill that stand like down the hill yep so he's getting closer and closer to it everybody's kind of feeding into the same spot but yeah we we walked to shed hunting man and it was it was crazy it was tore up and there's a bunch of cedars rubbed and it was so cool because it'd be like just crazy thick and then like a 40, 50-yard opening right in the middle of timber 
where you could shoot. You know, it was just it was awesome. And and the thing that's nice about it too is uh, the neighbors, the neighbors' properties right there. You know, a hundred yards back off, and uh, nobody really hunts there either. And when we tracked Jeff's deer second shotgun season over there, uh, it, you can't even stand up straight to walk through the woods. It's just yeah. so thick. And, you know, we don't hear any anybody uh, shotgun hunting over there or shooting or anything just in this area where we're calling our sanctuary. So we've got our little spot, and then, you know, it kind of just extends on to the neighbors. So that's kind of giving us a bonus there too. I think another thing that me and you both did good was – when we hung our stand, we didn't go back until we were hunting the first time. You know, he never went in and checked your camera or anything like that, and I never did anything. I had the mobile cam back there. But you went in no intel, you know. I think that's key. If you have an awesome spot like we talk about, and you go in there and you kill does on it, and then you're expecting it to be good during the rut, just it ain't going to work out for you. But Or just go in there every People say two weeks on a trail <laughs> camera, but, man, I just, I don't know. When you got one of the, when you go into a sanctuary... Just check it when you're going hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and to be honest with you, I, I left that camera up for a month and didn't check it and uh, went in there and I had 25 pictures in four weeks. And I'm on like a three-shot burst setting. Oh, man. So I'm just like, oh, man. You're this, like, maybe this thing isn't as good this, as I thought This kind of sucks. <laughs> so what I did is I, I seen there was a scrape on the other side of the tree and... I left it there for three more weeks, and then that was when I come back in to go hunting. Is I pulled it on the way to the stand, and it was just lit up. I was like, "All right, we're we're in yeah. now." Was it was the first pictures most mostly does? Or? Yeah, it was does. I had one buck in velvet, and that was it. It was just like seems a, like seems like if you're eight. gonna get buck pictures during the the summertime in velvet, you're gonna get all buck pictures, or you're gonna get all doe pictures. It's like you find their area that they're in your you catch a bachelor group. Or it's just all buck pictures, unless you got it like on a field edge or something. But if you're back in the timber, it seems like you get only does or bucks. But everybody says you hunt the does, you got the bucks later on, and that's just point in case that you had no pictures of bucks, and then later on in the year the bucks started showing up. So yeah, once they shed their velvet and kind start, of start, start running out. everywhere, yeah. yeah. We got next there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, a big thing I started doing this year was. Uh, really focusing on my entrance and my exit routes uh i used to hunt stands like if i would have a pretty decent wind when i got into the stand i'd go ahead and hunt it but now i'm to the point where i gotta have a good wind all the way walking in you know because like i got i got stands in the middle of my timber that deer could come in from any direction but i know pretty much where they come most of the time and a lot of times i could walk in but I was sent, I was sitting where they were, where they're at, what I thought they're at, and then when I was in the stand, I was good. But now I just up to the point where if I don't have perfect access with wind and being quiet, I don't, I don't go in. And I started using that Bill Winky. Start, he uses a lot of creeks and stuff. And then on my other piece that I just picked up this year, I started doing that. There's like a creek on it where you can walk to this heavy grass uh, bedding area, and I started walking that creek, and I mean it's like. I mean, it's to the top of my rubber boots at sometimes, but I just walk it real slow, and then I pop up, and I'm right on that, and I've never busted a deer that I knew, you know, but it's like, I'm like grabbing tree roots to get out of the creek, because <laughs> it's pretty steep on the, the sides there, but that's one thing I tried to do, and then also, I picked up a new piece, 
that's a super game changer for anybody's year. You know, if you could pick up the piece I picked up was only 20 acres, but it was a game changer because it kept me off my good property that I knew what was going on on. And it gave me an opportunity to shoot those does early and shoot turkeys early, you know, and then we were getting buck pictures, but nothing that I really wanted to shoot. We did end up getting some nice ones later in the year. And we just kind of did a scout on that. Like I said, on the off season going there and we're, we're going to move in on them where we got the pictures because we were always getting them on field edges at night. So we're going to crush in where we think they're going. And it's another one of those spots that's crazy thick. But then we found like this uh, 100-yard wide spot of tall pines. And we're going to – and it's kind of open right there right before those pines to where that transition line is. So I'm going to be hunting right on that transition line of heavy timber into pines. And I've never done that. But I love transition lines, and I found a tree that, I mean, you could get a climber up in at 20 foot, so it's just perfect spot, so I'm, I'm going to get a stand in there as soon as I can, and I got to do a lot of work on that farm for the farmer, that's how I got the property, I got to go in and clean a pond dam out, and it's, when I looked at it in the spring, it didn't look that bad, but now <laughs> that everything's open and I can see, it's a couple day job, so <laughs> take the Kubota in, and Maybe maybe have to rent a skid steer. I don't know. It's it's there's a lot of small trees on it. And is it is there a price for it or no? It's he he just wants us to clean that up. That's the only thing. Say rent a skidder is going to be cheaper than a lease. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing he wants us to do. So and he had guys on there before, and they hunted it a couple of years, and they said that they would do it, and they never did it, so he kicked them off. So oh, man. so we got on there, and he said, you know, I uh, I want to. I want this done, and if you guys do it, I'll give you a couple of seasons, you know, and then if you don't, you're gone. So we're just going to try to bust it out the first, you know, after it's, it's thawed out here in Illinois, so it's just a mess right now. But once it gets, you know, either gets froze again or either, you know, dries up, we're going to get in there and get her done. A couple guys, a couple days, and we'll have it done. But then we'll have another year hunting on it for sure, so that's good. Well, the next thing I got here is, you know, just like you were saying, uh, just getting the the good access that's one thing my property is pretty terrible about all the entry and exit is you go from south to north whether you're hunting on the east the middle or the west side and you have to you have to be in the field and if you don't have a north or a south wind your your sense going to be blowing to where some deer are going to be at so you know it there's there's no other way around it because we got railroad tracks at the way north end and then the house is out the south end the neighbor to the west doesn't like us for some unknown reason and we don't know anybody that to the east of us so it's just kind of us and that's it so i mean you're going in to hunt so you just have to grit your teeth when when you're going in and just hope your scent game is on point and uh you know instead of just walking right down like the grass road next to the tree line you know i'd maybe walk out out in the field you know 80 yards and away from the tree line and just just hope yeah you know just hope you know if i got a if i got a west wind you know i'm i'm out in that that field there it's it's different for guys like us that don't own the property where we can't like play in a plot screen or something you know just normal guys that like like i was saying before i got stands that I don't, if I, I got to hunt, I got to go to them, you know, and I don't, I'm going to win stuff that deer's potentially in. So it's something you just got to do sometimes. And then, you know, back, back to the, the good access, I did ask permission to the lady who lives 
west of us, but on the south end. And uh, I, I went over and asked her for permission to access my newsstand. Uh, and that, that gave me good access, and it's just right there in the woods. I don't have to go very far. Uh, I can go in there on a good wind uh, to hunt and to access, and, you know, it's the same for both. And uh, I'm not one to ask a lot of people for a lot of help. I just kind of do my own thing, and if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. But I think this year I'm going to have to. That was key. You, I, kept, it, I kept pounding him to ask him. I'm like, dude, all yeah. she can say is no. You know, I, I door knock a lot, and that's how I've got some of the pieces I've got, but. But if if she would have said no, hunting that sanctuary would almost impossible. Yeah, it's it's a good, you know, three-quarter mile walk back in there through the woods, through the good stuff. Yeah, through you're the crossing two ravines. Right, you're walking fields. right through the doe bedding. Yeah, I, I mean, mean you, you would just blow it up. Yeah. And the only way to get up in there to the sanctuary is through, through this lady's yeah. cornfield. Just like my piece. If I, if I didn't have access across that field... There's no way I could hunt that north piece because I'd have to walk through all my the whole entire property to get to it. So I just blow everything out, you know. So access is key, and if you can get permission, and most of the time, if you're respectable, respectful, and just say, "Hey, I'm not going to shoot anything on your side of the fence. All I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting to get from my truck across this field to you know to my timber." And the guy that I got permission from, he don't let anybody hunt anything, you know. So. I can't believe that he gave me permission to do it, but I just asked him and he did. So, yeah, that's all. That's all the lady said. You know, is well, just be sure you're hunting on your side, and you know, you can drive back here, and if you get one, you know, you can drive back up to the wood line, right through my yard. You know, whatever. Just you know, be sure you don't tear nothing up. Treat everything with respect, and nice. and don't shoot anything on my side. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if she's an animal lover because I've seen people hunting on her side. So, just. The thing I learned from that is just ask, just like Cody said, the worst thing they're going to say is no. I mean, you're not going to get arrested or anything yeah. like that, you know? <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, if they say, I've, I've got shot down from no, no way, and then I've had people tell me, we like to keep our stuff very personal and private. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but it's, it's a no, so I just move on. But I got one more positive thing I think I did, and then I'm going to go right into fails. Because I think I failed a lot this year. <laughs> I don't know how many positive things you got out there, but I'm gonna go ahead and crank out my last one. And uh, it might be a, a, a fail to some other people, but I only hunted this year on absolute perfect conditions for for the stands. You know, I might have hunted some not good days, you know, with like hot temps and stuff. But I was in a crappy stand, you know, or a not as good stand. I don't think I have any crappy stands, but not not as good stands, or or I was hunting public or something, you know. So I think I really, I think I hunted less this year than I have previous years, but I think my hunts were, I think I learned more this year with my hunts because I seen more deer activity. And then like, like everybody says, like the jury says, when you start seeing, when you hunt the first time and you see 15 deer, and then you hunt the second time, you see 15 deer, you hunt the third time, you see eight, you know, and then the fourth time you see three. I seen that this year on my food plot. First night, twenty five deer, just crushing it, you know. And my buddy shot one. Second night, it was like three days later. There's like twelve deer. Another one got shot. Third night, there was like six deer. Another one got shot. And then I hunted it, and I seen one deer. You know, so it's just that pressure, even late season on a a huge food source. 
will just kill them. So that's one thing I think I did this year that was the best I ever done is just hunting, not going into a stand because it's the rut, just going in there when I had absolutely perfect no doubt that I wasn't going to bust anything. So, And is that with good access or yeah, questionable access? That's, that's with good access. The only stand that I have questionable access, I think I hunted twice, and once was during shotgun season when it was 60, which was dumb, but it was second shotgun. And uh, I was just, I had that buck in daylight, you know, and I was just just <laughs> trying to hit a home run, yeah, <laughs> right. you know, just, just trying to get in there and get it done. But And then uh, one other time, first shotgun, seems like shotgun, I just <laughs> lose my mind. But first shotgun, I went in on a questionable wind, and uh, I had a, I could have shot him before he win me, but he did end up getting my win, and uh, I never did see him again. But oh, better just, throw that scent crusher away. Yeah, <laughs> he's just cruising. He, I use scent crusher. I think my scent game's pretty strict. I, I go all out, you know. But I don't think there's anything out there that I can tell this year with my scent crusher that they still win me, but they hang around longer. They're not like I don't. They don't blow. I haven't had even blow me, but you can tell. Like I'm sure everybody that's listened to this has had people had deer win them, you know, and they they do that tail twitch, you know, and you're like, okay, they got me, and you're waiting for that blow. But this year I didn't get any of the blowing, and then it was almost like they would walk away, and then they'd come back into it, and then they tail twitch, you know, and, and back out, and they never would run, but you could tell that they'd always. Most of them kept going the same direction they were, but they picked up their pace, you know, and it wasn't just browsing. You they know? just couldn't quite pin it down. Yeah, they didn't know what it was. But this was, I mean, 90 yards, and he still winded me, you know. But it was down in a bottom, and I was hoping that the deer were going to come out the opposite direction, and he came out, you know, like always, he came out the opposite direction. And that was the only deer all day that did that, but it was the biggest one. And uh, I was like, uh, I almost shot him, but I got my rangefinder that day and I didn't know exactly how far he was and he was probably mid 150s so he's questionable for me to shoot anyways I was chasing a lot bigger deer but he was getting closer and closer I'm like oh man here it comes here it comes and then you could tell it was just like a line right when he hit it just boom he knew tail twitching and the whole nine yards so but that I that was my two major fails on not accessing right and but I didn't spook any deer that I know of on that second shotgun day because I didn't see any because it was like 60 out. <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Uh, j- just like you were saying there, uh, you know, I, I tried to hunt the wind to the best that I could uh, as far as putting access and the wind while I'm hunting together. Uh, I really, really went above and beyond to, to be sure it was going to be right. And uh, I will say the last week in October, uh, through the first, through the second week of November, um, I got aggressive with the wind. I, I hunted quartering wind, uh, just you know, right there through through the peak rut, uh, just coming down off the pre rut, right into you know when when it was getting really good. I got I got aggressive with it, and uh, that was something new for me this year, and. I mean, I, I saw saw some good bucks. I can't say you know, I, I saw more or less deer than I would have if I didn't get aggressive. So, 
if, if you're there, you're there. If you're not, you're not. You don't know what's there when you're not there, unless it walks by your camera. So, but I, I did get aggressive with it because I was trying to get it done, just like everybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to get aggressive when you can get, when you can do it. Don't be aggressive on October 10th. You know, November 10th, I mean, yeah, that's good because that buck's going to be fooled because he's he, he's not thinking about you up there in the tree. So that was that was another thing I did right there. All right, one more uh, one more positive thing I thought just thought of. I was kind of looking up homie's cheat sheet over there and picked it up. I did film this year. I take that as a positive. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. It's super challenging. Um, it's something I'm going to continue to keep doing, and uh, hopefully I get better. We do have a YouTube channel now, uh, Whitetail Legacy Podcast uh, YouTube. We're going to keep putting content on there. We're going to try to get some trapping videos on there and some different stuff that people ain't doing. And uh, there's a there's a few few uh, deer hunts on there. I am a rookie filmer, like I always say, so criticize if you want, but I'm having fun doing it, and uh, it's something I'm going to keep pursuing. So I take that as a positive this year. I did get a buck kill on film, but just not the shot, self-filming, so... I have a I have a foundation and I have something that I want to beat now. So, and uh, I get to show my two year old that hunt all the time, and he loves it. And then I get to watch it for the rest of my life. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. I know, just like Cody, you know, I started filming this year, and it is a challenge because you get a deer out there, and I know on my film, you can tell if I'm gonna if I'm getting ready to shoot the deer or if i'm just like no i'm passing because <laughs> if i'm getting ready to shoot it the camera's shaking i mean you, you it looks like a damn hurricane's coming so it's looks it, like one of those scary movie films <laughs> yeah it's like the blur witch project the whole time <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a challenge but it's just another thing you know just like cody said when it does all come together uh you can just look back on it forever and you can share it with everybody and um you can look back on it and probably learn something too or pick up on something that you missed. Uh, I did get a doe on film. I didn't get the shot like Cody. I had the camera arm across my face looking at her and the camera arm is choking me. <laughs> and I'm trying to pull my bow up and she's about 14 yards away and she's coming in and she's downwind and she just kind of got to that range where she's like, okay, something's not right here. And I got my bow hanging out of the stand. I was sitting in a buddy stand, you know, and they had to wrap on it. and So I had the bow out of the stand, camera choking me, choking <laughs> me out. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to nudge this camera out. And so I just nudged it out with my with my elbow, that I, and I was getting ready to draw back. And so you see the camera go all the way straight south from the east, and then you hear me shoot her. And then I'm right back on her. She's running down the hill, and you can see the arrow sticking out of her. So yeah. you need to get some of that film on on the YouTube channel. I know too. I'm working on it. It's yeah. just, I guess I'm just have to send it because I know it's terrible. He used to always say welder money. He's a welder now. <laughs> I know. Now, now he ain't got no time like like he did have at work to to edit film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying because I was waiting for you to call me out on that. Way, welder way money. Out. He's making welder money. Yep. He ain't got time to do anything. But back on the welder, boys. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You got throw out another positive before I go into the fails, so I don't <laughs> right. bring the party down. Uh, so I really like to uh, 
what I call shake it out in the stand. Like I like to get cold. I like to like to feel like I'm earning it, you know, for when it does happen. And then when it when I do shoot a deer, and it, you know, if it's a good buck or you know, even if it's a nice doe, and I'm and I'm jacked up in the stand, then all my adrenaline's going, and I don't know if I'm cold or if I'm just so damn fired up. Yeah. So I'm just up there really shaking it out. But uh, I wore my camo last year to work, and I got a rip in my on my right leg. And I was like, you know, I just need to get some new camo just strictly for hunting. And then Scent Blocker come out with uh, with a good deal online right after season closed. And it was like, buy a jacket and get the pants for free. Well, I've, I've never bought, you know, a two-piece. I've always had bibs and I've done a sweatshirt. And like me buying a coat and, and having a hunting coat is just like the biggest waste of money ever because I never wear my yeah. coat. It was negative 18, and he yeah. packed a coat in and didn't put it on. <laughs> I didn't put it on the whole time. Like, it's just a waste, and I don't know why I'm like that, because I I just don't wear it. But I did buy a scent blocker uh, camo this year, windproof, and it was the Alpha Alpha package, I guess is what you call it, the Alpha suit, and... Uh, Man, that stuff was that stuff worked great, and yeah. just like Cody said, it was it was negative eighteen, and and that's what I was wearing. I didn't even put my coat on, but I'm I'm also you know working outside every day, and I'm just used to the elements at that point. But then when you just stop walking around, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it catch up with you pretty quick. So new camo for me. Usually it's just you know the Farm King special, but I spent the money and got got some this year, and and it really paid off in. I mean, just like, uh, what was that, first shotgun when it was, was raining really bad, mm-hmm. you know, I just put that on, and then I was set, you know, I was, we set till 9 o'clock. Yeah, it was like a, it was pouring, It was pouring, too. it was pouring bad. Well, I'll go into some, some fails for my season. They might not be fails for a lot of people's eyes, but I think they are in mine, so I, uh, I hunted public early, and I did get on a couple bucks, one really nice one that I was close to shooting, and that night that I hunted, I was hunting that spot, and I, I'd seen deer on this field before, the previous year, nice bucks, you know, and uh, I didn't get aggressive enough. I found it. I took my climber in, you know, so I found a tree that was that was nice, you know, and I was like, well, what if I knew where the deer were probably going to come out just from the previous year, so I was like, well, what if they come out over here, this off the wall. I don't I, I don't know what I was thinking, but then I backed out and hunted another forty yards away, you know, from where where I knew that I had a really good wind and I knew that it was kinda gonna be safe. And it was early in the season, so but if I would have hung in that first stand, I would have killed him at fifteen yards right when he stepped out of the timber. So I mean, so <laughs> if I would have been more aggressive and it's public too, which is kills me. So the the whole the whole positive things that I was talking about was not being aggressive and being real careful. But then I say a fail on public was not being aggressive enough. Because if I were to literally, I'm at the base of this tree and like ready to hook up, and then I'm second thinking myself like, man, that walnut tree over there, it's easy, it's back tucked up, it's perfectly, I can get up about 25 feet, I got nice cover, you know, and he stayed out about 60 yards and I never got shot at him. You know, it would have been a mid one fifties on public. But he's fifteen yards from your yeah. first spot. Yeah, he's fifteen <laughs> yards from my first spot. You know, and then I got that 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 hunt is on YouTube. 
And at the end, he's like right up against the timber, like feeding, and the tree is like right out of the camera. So he's like 10 yards at this point, broadside, eating some bushes, you know, if I'd have been in that tree. But but that's that's how it goes. You, you, you can be too aggressive and you cannot be aggressive enough. And then another, uh, another fail on the public side was not being mobile enough. I found that tree and I'd seen that buck, you know, so I hunted it a few more times and I was like, I just kept going to that, the tree that I was going to hunt the first time or the other tree. It's a huge property. I mean, I could have went anywhere all over the place and hunted, but I stayed in that key area. The third time that I hunted it and didn't see that buck, I probably should have moved on. You know, I probably should have hunted. I mean, there's just so many other trees out there and so much other ground that you can get access on but i kept pounding that same spot over and over and over so i think that was a super big fail i knew that buck was in the area so it might not be a fail in some guy's eyes i think but he wasn't the biggest buck out there by far i mean there's giants out there people find giant sheds and deadheads out there every year so for me to get keyed in on that buck was i don't know it's it was just a bad move on the season, so let's get a positive so we can mix up some positive and oh, negative. Oh, you want, a, you want another positive pies. here? Um, usually on, on my piece, we have stands set up just for, you know, shotgun hunt because that's what most of the people that hunt there do. Well, this year I took the time to set up stands just to bow hunt. And, uh, you know, it, it, it involved moving a couple ladder stands uh, and then I put up a buddy stand so the wife and I would be able to hunt. And then I hung a stand just to bow hunt, uh, just a portable stand with stacking sticks, hunted it one time. And I, I, I hunted it like October 4th and got busted. Yeah. The wind was swirling and it was down in the bottoms, wind swirling, doe busted me at like 8.30. And, you know, that, that, that's just kind of how my year started off was, was that. And then, you know, I hunted, I hunted near that stand um, and I never, I'm not going to say I never thought about going back there, but I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. I had a good encounter with a buck in that same spot, uh, the year before off the ground. And, uh, I was trying to get around on him cause he'd come from my right and I shoot right handed. He'd come from my right. And when he stopped and he got out in the field, I needed to just twist my torso. Well, my sweatshirt got caught on a stick, and <laughs> right as I did my last twist, he it snapped, and then he was gone. Oh man! So, yep. That's why I got that stand up there because I, that, you know, it had to be bedded, you know, eighty yards back there. I'm like, this would be a nice spot for a south wind, and because obviously these have south winds crazy in October, you know, so. I hung that up there, and then that doe busted me on, like, the 4th of October and never went back. Never went back. But you did hang stands just for but bow I did, hunting. I did hang stands just for bow hunting. I hung that stand that I was just talking about, and then I hung the, the buck nest back there, and that was just going to be for me to bow hunt, and I was able to sneak in there a couple times during gun season. Nice. Nice. Well, going back to some fails here, uh, like I was talking about on my private piece where I was giving me props for not hunting a lot but hunting perfect conditions, those days that I should have been, okay, I'll, I'll just be straight up honest on the podcast right now. I shot a buck early season, <laughs> and my momentum for two and a half weeks, three weeks, just. Your drive. Yeah, I just, the drive wasn't there, you know. 
So, and then, you know, when the rut kicks in, then the drive comes back. But from from the 15th through the 2nd or 3rd of November, I was, I hunted a little bit, you know, but I didn't go, like, hardcore. So all those days that I didn't have perfect, perfect access for the win on my property, I could have hunted that public, you know. So I think that's a fail in my eyes, those days that I had nothing going on that I could have been out there hunting, especially before the daylight switch, you know, those, throw the, throw the scent crusher plug in, drive out there right after work and, and, and hunt, which I is easily done, you know, and, uh, I got that summit climber. I can go all over the place out there, you know, trees are a little hard out there where I'm hunting because it's strip mine ground, but, but it, it's doable. And I think it's a fail that I could add a lot a lot more deer stories, I think, if I would have just went out there and hunted more, you know. So that's a super big fail in my eyes. Next year, if I'm lucky enough to shoot a buck early, which I hope I am, <laughs> but you never know, I'm not going to let it kill my drive. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to just act like I ain't shot anything, you know. I had a doe down, a turkey down, and a buck down October 15th. So I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm feeling good. I'm doing good, man. I got I got months of season left. I got plenty of time. And then... You know, I missed the October law or whatever they say, but I don't, I, I don't really see that in non-pressured areas. So yeah, I think the key is is non-pressure. Yeah, and I think also another thing is is what is the crop status? Is the crops in or is the crops out? Yeah, uh, I noticed on on my piece after the crops come out, it it took a while for the deer to get adjusted a little bit. Yeah. So it, it was a little slow for me during during the. October Lowell. Well, so, wanna, oh, you want to oh, go? Go I, ahead. I positive. Go ahead. Go for positive. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I yeah. feel positive. You, yeah. you want to back it up. Go ahead. Um, I, I paid attention to the wind while I was hanging stands instead of just hunting it. Um, you know, I know Cody's told me a couple of stories uh, about him hanging stands in the rain. And I, I did that this year. Um, I took a stand down and uh, had perfect wind for that. Well, I actually had perfect wind to take it down and put it up, and it was raining. Um, yeah, it just makes you feel good, man. When it's raining, you feel like the area's just clean, like you've never been there, you know? Yeah. And, and then I hang my hand, my stands high, and then I always use, you know, I don't use a ladder. I use the stacking sticks or something where it's tight to the tree, and I always feel like it's so, you know, and then I always like to hang my stand with some cover, like with a branch, that if I'm setting down, I'm good. So I'll take like six sticks in with me and I might only use four or five but I gotta figure out kind of where my cover is and go from there so but when it's raining like that I just feel you walk out and you just like man this place is clean it's like I've never been in there all my scents gone I don't know it just makes me feel awesome when when you do it in the rain so the, the wife had a, a work thing going on that night and I was like look I gotta go get this stand down and I just got permission from the neighbor to get through her cornfield I was like, look, she just gave me permission. I, I got to get this stand down. And then it raining was just kind of, you know, a little extra bonus uh, just for the reason Cody said because I pulled up to the piece and I start walking in about 50 yards from the truck and then it starts raining. And then I get back to the truck and it's raining even harder. And I was like, well, I'm already soaking wet. I got to get it up. So I just took it in there and, you know, it was early October and the ground's super quiet already. Plus, he put some rain on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was 
like nobody even knew I was there. One thing I will say in the rain, uh, I always use my harness, and my harness has got the sh- the the hip the hip hooks. So I take my tree rope, <clears throat> and when I'm hanging the stand, because everything's gonna be wet, you know, and I always I always harness up, throw that hip hip holder in, so at least I got I can use both hands, lean back on the tree, and then if I do fall, I am secure. Because I think there is a little bit more risk hanging them in the stand versus you know not. So I want to throw that out there. If you do hang them in the stand in the rain, make sure and harness up. If you hang any stand, anytime, it's kind of a pain because you got to slide the rope up and everything, but. It's worth it, dude, because yeah. you might not get to hunt the next year if you, you fall. Well, so. you got two hands, like yeah, you got two hands too, which faster. is you know you can. I mean, I don't know how many times in my youth I'm hanging on to the stand, I'm throwing a ratchet strap, <laughs> trying to catch up with my teeth. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean, we've all been there, you know that that situation where you're 20 foot up, you got the one leg around the tree and the other around the limb, and you got a 20 pound big game tree stand. That's all you get afford, or big dog, big <laughs> yeah. dog, you know. And you're throwing the strap around, and it's just it's rough. But when you got that harness, it's just so nice, man. You can just lean back. You got both arms, if especially if you have one of those, the hip ones. That's that's awesome because then you can you can lean back on the steps, and you got that where you got you can lean back on the tree to reach around and grab your strap and stuff. But another thing I will say that I used on public this year for my packing hunts that I really like was Hang On Helper. They're not sponsored by us, or or they're, we're not. They're not sponsored by us. We're not sponsored by them or anything. But uh, but uh, I like it a lot, man. It, you just screw it into the tree, and it, it has this bracket on the back of the tree that you drill holes and put bolts in, and you can literally with one arm hang the tree stand up, and it's just hanging there. So it, I mean, it's like basically like a a bow hook with two prongs is basically what it is with a mul- with a, a form. You just throw that up, then you got two hands you hanging onto the stand, and then if your strap does fail, you got it it hold up to three hundred pounds. So you got that added security, and they're not very much money, man. I mean, for especially like for a lot of guys that pack in, if your state allows you to drill holes in trees, because a lot of states don't don't like you got to like have a ratch on bow hook and stuff. Uh, but if you do, that hang-on helper can be key if you don't have, you know, the $300 pack-in, you know, set that's light. You know, I don't I don't have that. I'm packing in a big game and a 20-foot ladder stick. <laughs> I'm to the stand. I'm like, man, I'm dead. Now i got to hang it, and it's still dark, you know. But but that hang-on helper, that was an awesome addition this year. Hang-on helper, check it out. I haven't used it yet, but I saw Cody done a video, and it was pretty sweet. Yeah. So I guess I'll go with a with a fail. Um, I was using the wrong broadhead to start out my year. Um, Major fail. When when, <laughs> when did you when did you get on the? Uh, I got him on the the Puria show. So I think July. So I had him all season. So I was I was dialed in with him out the sixty. You know, right right off the way bat. before season. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah, I started off with the wasp jackhammers. I got them back after not being able to get them for a couple years, and uh, I started a week of vacation like October twenty second, and uh, hunted for a week right there pre rut. And uh, my second second day had a buck come in in the evening, and I mean, I wish I could get into this story because it's kind of a wild story. I shouldn't have even been hunting where I was. 
and uh, had a nice buck come into the scrape right there, 16 yards. And, uh, you know, he's coming from the north, working south. Well, I don't know where he come from. He's just, poof, there he is. <laughs> and uh, he's hitting the scrape, and that's when I seen him. And it's it just kind of was a little rainstorm there. And he, instead of him coming just straight south right in front of me down the field edge, he just goes right in the woods. And I'm in, like, the biggest tree on the tree line. And, you know, it's it's still pretty green in the woods at this point, and still 16 yards, Hoyt carbon defiant. I mean, you should just be smashing, yeah. smashing deer. And I shot that deer, and Good I don't shot. know what happened. Good shot. I mean, how do you mess up 16 yards? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I, I watched him run through the woods, and I probably was able to follow him for... 80 yards and then he hit the ridge inside the woods and gone forever yeah you know grid i went hunting you know the next day because i'm on vacation took a buddy with me and uh we hunted and we kind of hunted around that area to see if you know he was just out straggling around didn't see actually i don't think we saw any deer and uh you know then we just kind of walked walked the middle it was that's where the woods he went in and we we searched there and then nobody seen anything shotgun hunting so you know there was no hair no blood at the shot site there was no arrow um i was i was standing on top of the seat in the stand and it was a ladder stand so i mean i'm i'm up there so i'm shooting kind of far down i mean it might have deflected off a bone or something but still for no hair or anything to be and like when when i shoot deer i, I look i look for some things i look for the dead deer leg kick you know, just kick your back leg straight out. I look for that. I look to where, see where my arrow hit, you know, and then, um, is it tail up or is it tail down? Yeah. You know, is it tail up? Okay, he's probably not hit. You know, if his tail's down, usually you hit yeah. him pretty good. So th- those are the things I look for. And, you know, he did the dead deer leg kick. And I know sometimes that could just be a low shot, but the where where I seen it was below the spine you know maybe just a little high touch on the lungs and took off tail down and what kind of penetration did you get with with it i don't know there's no arrow i can't find anything really there, it's all gone man you couldn't tell out you shot you, no it looked no. good it, i it looked i looked through really because I, I could see where the, <clears throat> the arrow hit and his fur was you know like the arrow was spinning his fur yeah and i was like you know, it had been my first pass through ever, so I'm jacked up. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I called you, and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, man, dude, this just went down, and you know, just kind of run it down to you. And then a couple days later, he called me. What broadheads <laughs> you shoot? Yeah, I was like, dude, I gotta get something here. <laughs> yeah. And then the first day I shoot VIP pass through, no problem. Yeah, twenty three yards. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. So that was that was kind of a fail for me, and you know, you don't really know it until you try it. Which I've killed deer with that broadhead before, and I, you know, I. I thought I loved it until it didn't work for me. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's a it's a mechanical, and could have failed. It's hard. That's a hard thing. That's what I love about these broadheads is if they fail, it's still inch you're and still good, man. I mean, you still got you still got some cutting instead of a a half inch hole. You're blowing through it like a field tip. But I'm going to I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw a double fail on this one, and it is cold weather gear. This was one of the coldest late seasons I've hunted, and 
finally right at the end I went and bought some really nice bibs dude and it was game changer <laughs> I'm talking like if, if someone's out there and they're on the borderline of like how good are the good bibs they're freaking good so just buy them you see that, that's what I was saying with my camo like buy it yeah, because, because it's, it's worth it it's worth it man I'm always on the fence I pull up the bib price and I'm like man but dude, like I'm, I'm a big scent, scent lock guy just cause I don't I can't be honest with you tell you if it works or not but it gives me confidence in my scent control, you know, and uh, and I always buy the when it's on sale, and you know it's pretty reasonable. But I got the timber fleece, and then I always wear a second my early season stuff under that. So I'm double scent block suit, plus I got a really nice wool jacket. So I'm always like warm, but it, the the spot between where my pants and my jacket meet, like when you're climbing up the stand and stuff, and you're sitting down, it always seems to, like fold up. And I'm losing all that heat right there. Well, with them bibs, they, they 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 come up, you know, to like about the belly button on the sides, you know, and it traps all that heat, so I'm not losing that gap right there. So that was a game changer for me. And then not taking all my gear to the stand. Filming this year, you got to take so much more stuff, man. It's just, and right at the end of the year, I finally got a system down where I just everything went in its own place. But at the beginning of the year. I was just throwing stuff everywhere, you know, and then I'd get to the stand and I'd be trying to dig through the backpack and be like, oh man, I, I, I don't have my action cam or I don't have my range finder. Or, I mean, that happened to me this year, shotgun season, filming, don't have my range finder. I mean, rookie mistake, like it, you got to take it every time, you know, but shotgun's not as bad, you know, right. but bow hunting, I mean, bow hunting, you, you, you got, you, you I'm. That's Unless you've hunted there eighty times yeah, and you know that tree's gotta, twenty yards. I gotta work on is is reading distance on an open field. That's just so hard for me. I've missed does before doing that back in the day. It's just really hard when you're hunting a new area and you got an open field and you ain't got like a tree where you're like, Oh, that's about twenty. You just got an open field and you're like, Okay, how far is she? you know? And you're trying to like count the yards by looking from the bottom of your stand out and it don't it don't really work. And then one, the biggest fail of the year, I think, was missing the best days of the rut for me. I, I, I shot that buck early, so my motivation was kind of down. I think, and then I'm always, well, I always tell you like 12, 13, 14, 15, it's just on fire, you know. Right. And this year, it seemed like with my trail cameras after pulling them, from October 31st, 30th to November 7th, it was just crazy on fire, you know, bucks everywhere. And uh, then it seemed like it kind of was tapering off when I was hunting. When I'm used to seeing 12 bucks in a day, I was seeing like three, you know. I'm like, what's going on? Or when I'm rattling, I'm I'm rattling like three bucks, you know, and I'm rattling this time. And I just didn't even take the horns because I was having no success with rattling this year. And I think I missed the peak chasing on my property because the last three years it's been this so I'm like okay it's going to be this and then it was off a week and I just missed the whole thing so next year I'm not going to just be like okay I'll just go out there <laughs> be honest with you in my mind I'm going to go out there the 12th, 13th, 14th and I'm going to shoot something <laughs> you got to have confidence if you're going to bow hunt that's major You got because that's what keeps me in the stand all day if I go in there, I'm like, oh, this is all right spot. I might shoot something that you might, I mean, you might be able to sit all day on that. But if you go in there and you're saying, I'm in my best stand at the best time of the year, 
and I'm going to shoot something. You're mentally prepared, and you can set your butt in that tree stand a lot longer being that. So I think instead of thinking like that, which is, uh, you know, I mean, that's just what I did. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to hunt the whole rut. You know, if I get a day where I'm like, that might not be good, I'm still going to try and go if I got the right conditions instead of saying, well, I'm going to save it to where that 13th, 14th, 15th on my property, I'm going to go in there like the 5th or the 6th, you know, but I still did see deer that I could have shot and passed, but I didn't see the numbers that I normally see. So, but the doe, I've seen more does this year than I ever seen. So it was weird to me that I was seeing all these does with nothing. I'm hunting and I see 12 does, 13 does in a day and nothing's chasing them. So I, I don't know if it was early, like I said, and then most of them were bred or it was kind of starting to slow down or there was, there's so many does in heat that all the bucks were with a doe. So all them does were just, you know, solo, you know, but you think 12 does, I got a doe problem on my lease, obviously. <laughs> need to take some does out. But right. That's my biggest fail for the season, I think, is is missing those key days. And for- not taking, I'm taking a week vacation this year. Like you, you oh, yeah? I'm, I'm taking it. I, yeah, I like floaters. We get floaters at work, so I like to like wake up in the morning you're like ah, man i don't really want to go in today you know i'll just use a floater and then you do that three or four times and then you're out of vacation you yeah. know so i'm gonna book book a week where i can't touch so i know it's there you know and just and just go hardcore all seven days of nothing but hunting that's my goal for the next year that I you got any that. goals for next year oh yeah i got i got all kinds of <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Podcast uh, is gonna be two hours thirty minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny story about November seventh. We had a a meeting at work, and we had an uh, hour or an hour and a half late start. And Cody's like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go hunt." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I could go hunt, but I would have an hour and a half of driving time and only hunt for forty minutes." And I said, okay, if I did go hunt, I would hunt until 7.45, give me time to get back and get to work on time. And no kidding, at like 7.46, my target buck is right in front of my camera. (laughs) (laughs) That that is no kidding, on November 7th. I went out and I packed a stand in on public and hung it and hunted it an hour and a half and I seen like eight does and that was it. (laughs) So I show up to work and I'm, I'm there and... Then Cody's calling me. I'm like, he smoked another one. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing, man? I said, nope, just sitting here. <laughs> so, yeah, funny story right there. Another thing that I did this year is I took $100 out of each paycheck and put it in a separate bank account. And that is my hunting fund oh man so i'm holy smokes i'm a huge tight ass i i hate spending money i uh, unless i have the cash right there in my hand now once i got the cash there in my hand yeah. and i know what i'm buying that that's gone. <laughs> it's game over it, it's gone but for me to like slide that debit card like it just it kills me i hate it so in order for me to get into the position that i wanted to be in you know have the money there saved up ready to go 
just put it in there. You know, in six months, you're going to have 1300 in there. You, you won't even know. It, you know, depending on how you get paid, I get paid every, every two weeks. Yeah, even if you could do 20 bucks or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, you know. One, one thing that I always tell people, they're like, man, I wish I had a stand in here, but I don't want to tear down a stand. I'm like, dude, go buy another one. Just, that's it. That's the key. Just just keep buying. If you want to hang a stand in a new location, but you don't want to take it from a spot that you've had success, just buy another stand. I mean, it seems like common sense, but I have many people be like, I'm going to have to go take down a stand and move it and then hang a new one. I'm like, dude, just go buy a new stand. Because I'm one of those guys, when I climb into a stand that I've had for four years or so, I'm always like checking the cables out. I'm like, <laughs> man, four-year-old stand. I'm like, I don't really... <laughs> Squirrel's been up here chewing on these cables and stuff, and I don't know. I just, I just, I like buying stands. I'm that guy who has. I got four stands set in my garage right now. <laughs> They're not hung. They're just, just hanging out. Just, just hanging out in my garage, you know. But uh, you, you want to go into to, to the new things or? next year? Yeah, my next year biggest goal for next year is kill a buck on public. I said it this year, but. I haven't killed one on public since 2013. Well, you won't be able to hunt your piece until you kill a buck on public, I guess. I can't do that, but... I was going to say, well, you're going to kill a buck and then... Yeah, I know. I just... I got I want to kill a buck on public. I, I... They're there. There's huge deer there. I've seen them. It's just... It's so challenging, and it's something that I want to do, but I don't know if it's so much of a drive to not hunt my piece, you know? <laughs> it's just... But... I'm going to try to focus more on public. That's that's one of my main goals next year. A lot of people are like, man, you got a badass private piece. Why would you hunt public? I don't know. It's just something I want to do. I just, I like doing it. It's it's such a different atmosphere of hunting. You know, you, like on my piece, I'm like, I got a few bucks that I think I might see on public. You never know, man. I mean, I heard the story of a, a guy... I was eating at a lunch with, and he's hunting the same piece of public that I was, and he said he's seen a 180s with a 12-inch drop. That's and, gnarly. And he said it was the last day you could hunt there, and he shot the doe before he shot the buck. And uh, he shot the doe, you know, coming through, figuring he'd take a doe off the property, and then the buck got right where he shot the doe and froze up, and he couldn't get a shot at it. So there's monster deer out there. There's nice deer on my lease, but they're going to be there next year, too, on my lease, you know, probably. So I, I want to kill a deer on public. That's that's my main goal. And then another goal that I have is more film. I want to I want to get some more kills on film, you know. I, I don't know if I'm going to have to get a buddy like Wade was talking about or something, <laughs> you know, to film. But I got some devil, double sets hung, so if anybody wants to start filming for me, let me know. But Well, if you get a buddy, get two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But... uh yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into that more, and th- not not because I want to be on the outdoor channel or anything like that. Just because I want to have that stuff to look at, and and if I can help another guy by saying this is a video and this is how I got it done, that's awesome too, you know. So let's go to your next year goals. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna hunt in public in general. I mean, it'd be cool to kill a buck. You never hunted public. Before? Never been on Man. public. Yeah, it's. A lot of people listen to this podcast are like, these guys are dumb, public <laughs> sucks. But I, I used to strictly only hunt public, and I got it done out there on a 135-inch nine-pointer. And it's not, I mean, it's not 
crazy big deer, especially for Illinois. But when I shot that deer, I was jacked, dude. It was Halloween night, and I shot a a really nice buck on public. You know, it was probably a three year old, probably, but I don't know. <laughs> but it was it was an awesome buck for me, you know, and and I was jacked. It's just this whole there's a there's a if you're a, if you're a nice guy out there, there's a lot of camaraderie with with the other other people you know like everybody's coming back to their trucks and they're like well i seen this buck or i seen this doe you know some people were kind of skeptical on what they're seeing and where they want or hunt but most people were super cool and they're like well yeah and then when you do shoot a buck out there or a doe every time there's always been someone at the park and like oh i'll stay and help you drag it out so it's cool but you know then i always stayed and helped people drag out too so i was kind of the guy when i was hunting out there that everybody knew you know would would always help them out so it's just different it's a different type of hunting and it's something i want to do but yeah i'm gonna try it out i mean my dad actually called me tonight he's like do you think we're gonna be able to hunt uh our piece next year i said no nope <laughs> i know no that's way. such yeah. that's yeah. just a low blow dude. It i mean is. it's a bad situation for that guy but man that's all the work that you put in and you're you're really getting serious, hardcore yeah. bow hunting now, you know. You got a couple nice bucks down, and now you're really getting into it. I mean, it's it's it's, it's oh. just going to be a new challenge this year, yeah. you know. I right right by public land, you know. I got a new piece, you know. I got you know a couple things hopefully working. Uh, they're they're long shots at this point, and it's going to be some cash, <laughs> but it'd be it'd be a nice challenge, you know to get a new piece figured out because i mean my dad hunted that place eight years before i started hunting so you know and he's got his buddies and and his family and so you know they kind of had the place figured out before i even was out there so they're like oh hey you know well i'm like 12 they're like hey you know put your stand right here okay put a stand there that sucked all right move it over here (laughs) okay you shot a deer cool where you want to go now now it's up to you where where do you want to go you know what looks good to you and then i said well i just want to go down here right around the corner and then i've been hunting there for you know 10 years Shot a nice buck there yeah two, two nice bucks. yeah two yeah. nice bucks so it's a good spot it's just so the spot you're in now it's better they yeah got those sausage rolls over yeah, at the other no. side then i know i got that camera still out and i hope i just put my my mobile cam back out tonight i pulled it and then i was like you know what i'm putting it back out just to that I want to get the sheds off that buck, man. Yeah, and I think I know where he's bedding. So an exit route or entrance route to that bedding area, I put a camera. So hopefully I get him. Hopefully he's got one horn, and then hopefully I find both of them. You know. So. Yeah. At least you can say, well, on February first, yeah. he had the left side is gone. Yeah. So I got an idea. Get out there before the squirrels get him. So, but yeah, I put it back out, and we'll see what happens. So another thing I want to try new this year is, I think I've said it that I was going to do it this year and I never did. I think I'm going to try to decoy a couple times. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never done any decoying, but would do when then you see a video and it works, you're like, that was the coolest thing. Yeah, ever. Dude, it looks sick. They're all posturing up, coming in. You know, I shot, I have shot a buck posturing up, but it was posturing to another live deer, but. The decoy. The deer's walking sideways yeah. to you. Yeah. <laughs> quartering away. He was postured up, you know, quartering away walking. It was super cool, but I've never decoyed. And... Yeah, I've, I mean, I've done some, I wouldn't say extensive research, but, you know, I know I know how to set it up, you know, to play it right, you know, to mm-hmm. where the deer's going to circle, you know. I don't know if I'm going to do a, 
I'm not going to do like a giant, but you know, I don't know if I'm going to do like a one horn setup. Yeah, I've heard or, a lot of people say the one horn setup. But if, yeah. if anybody's got some videos decoying, post them on our Facebook page. We'd like to see them. We need some tips on that for sure. For sure. Uh, I think I'm, I, I got down better scent control. But that just means I'm buying a scent crusher bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like my scent crusher bag. I think it does work, but dude, it's just like I always had a tote, you know. But that scent crusher bag is just so big, and you can and a tote like you, you can't really carry a tote very well. That scent crusher bag, I can carry a, my bow, a thirty pack of bush, and a scent crusher bag. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just throws over my shoulder, and I'm going. So and it fits all my stuff. I mean, I could put my backpack and all all my hunting gear in it, all my clothes. It's huge, you know. And then one thing I love about it, confidence. I don't care. It, that's one key that I think it kill big deer is sitting in the stand. And if you're like, dude, my scent control is on point. I just ran a 30-minute cycle driving out here in the truck. I'm feeling fresh. I'm going to go in here and set all day. Uh, this is another confidence booster for me to keep my butt in the stand. So, next thing I got down is to shoot my bow more. Yeah. So, I got a new bow last September, and, I mean, I, sh- I shot that bow more between the last two weeks of September than I did my old bow in the last year and a half. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, obviously, I was just trying to get a feel for it. I was just kind of running off old boy's setup, and, you know, it was actually pretty comparable. I just had to move the side over, you know couple ticks to the left and you know it, it's money so i mean this year i'm gonna get it set up you know to me thinking about going up to the bone shed and just blowing yeah. a day up there yeah I, I mean i want to go there anyway just check it out because i've never been there but i want to go up there check it out shoot my bow get it set up and uh the whole like what josh was talking about the whole like tuning the bow to yourself oh yeah that's like next level stuff that i'd never knew about you know but i i follow knock on on our instagram and stuff and i'm always like he's like tuning bows for people and stuff i'm like that's just you know i that's nuts but we, we could go to josh's boy in there yeah, in chile yeah <laughs> he sounded like he knew what he was doing yeah i'd love to get you know something tuned in we're gonna we're gonna hit some 3ds i was yep. talking about why talking to wyatt last night about going to some 3ds we just need to get a big group of guys throw some whitetail legacy podcast shirts on and just gangbangs and 3d shoots you know 10 guys out there just shooting so i've kind of thrown this idea back and forth here uh about running a mock scrape yeah i've done it uh, just for camera use just for camera use uh, i think the next guy we have on the podcast has done it quite a bit so he might have some yeah i thought about starting you know like september well that you you listen to that guy from they yeah. just changed their name to it's not WinPro anymore. It's like, How did that? That was it's like, like Vine three weeks Fix. Ago. It's like Vine Fix or something. <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know. It's something weird. But anyway, anyways, I just seen that on Facebook. They changed their name. Really? Yeah. But anyways, he he puts them out all year. Yeah, he's running scrape year round. He's running scrape scrape year year round with camera on it. That just blows my mind. But they we seen that velvet video that velvet buck scraping this year on video. Yeah. So I mean, it was August or yeah. You know, I just, that's been, just something that I've never done. But I'm, like you said, that'd be sweet to try. Try it kind of on like a perimeter thing where you're yeah. That's don't what put I was any scent in it or anything. Just make a mock scrape, you know, and hang a camera and just see what happens. Because if it works, I mean, they had 
it's like a mid 160s and velvet hitting a scrape in like august you know so right and you know they said you know just get it like a 10 inch circle and then when that when that butt comes in there you know he's gonna make it bigger and then that's how you're gonna know if you're not able to have a camera there so that was just one thing you know I, i would probably start it you know september 1st or something but I'm going to have to have a piece closed. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to definitely do it on the perimeter just so... I might try some of that WinPro stuff, too. I've been kind of researching it. I kind of like the idea of it. It's all synthetic. There's no liquid yeah, there, right? No liquid. It's, it's all, all synthetic. And he's got multiple trail cam pictures out of that they're not spooking deer. Because that's one big thing I always worry about. So they like, if you put a scrape by your stand, is it going to spook deer? Because I've heard multiple people that when they put out like just like Wade was talking on the last podcast, when you put out scents, you know, like buck urine or doe urine, it spooks deer. So I don't know. Well, I put out some estrus this year on that buck that I shot. Yeah. Just to cover my ass because I shouldn't have been hunting there, but I went to a stand and it was jacked, <laughs> so I had to go, I had to backtrack. So I was like, "Well, I'll just put out." some Did you estrus. go to the boat stand without a seat? <laughs> <laughs> That's for a different podcast. But yeah. He's got, Ryan sent me to stand with no seat one time. He's like, oh, it's a good spot. Good spot, no seat. I was like, how am I supposed to hunt? This? I'm just going to stand for six hours? There's a lot of guys out there that do it. But. Yeah. So, which, I don't know. I said I'm not 100% sure on the mock scrape yet or not. Yeah, another thing. You guys got some videos of mock scrape, bucks tearing up mock scrapes? I know Wade does. Yeah, Wade, if you're listening. Post some stuff. Boost our confidence on doing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, next thing I got down here is I'm going to shed hunt more and not just the place that I hunt. Like, I'm going to try to get down to the in-laws, uh, maybe hit some public. Uh, I'm going to scoop up about 180 inch off your piece. He's going to be like texting me, oh, yeah, he dropped yet? He's sitting there on the property line. Oh, he's dropped. He's in. <laughs> I got mobile cams, baby. I'll catch you. <laughs> no, I just want to get out there and yeah. walk, you know. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I can get one of these places locked down and then, you know, get in there before. Figure out what bucks you got. That's one yeah. cool thing about shed hunting on your own ground. You see what made it through the year. You get to hold them in your hand. You're like, I'm going to shoot this deer next year, you know. <laughs> you, you, and then you get to see you're waiting for that velvet pick, you know. How much did he grow? How much did he grow, you know. It just, it's just awesome, so. So yeah, that's 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 a wrap. That's my thing to try out in 2018. Yeah, there's probably a lot more that I'm gonna try, but I think we might we're gonna do uh we'll definitely do a, a right before season just one of us of kind of oh, what yeah. we got going on and probably one when our trail cams start firing up, you know, September and start getting those velvet bucks. But we appreciate you guys listening. One thing I want to say before we close, I've noticed on the SoundCloud because we can track that. We're getting the same amount of listens. We're gaining a couple ever. So the people that are regular listens, uh, you know, we're always striving for new listens, you know, to, to grow this podcast. But I want to say thank you to the guys and girls out there that are listening to us talk about set around bullshit, you know, yeah. every week. Because, I mean, it's it's the same and we're gaining a couple every one on SoundCloud, though. So we appreciate you guys listening and we hope you keep listening and uh if you guys want us to talk about anything or if you have suggestions we're open i get it a lot i've uh i've had people text me and facebook message me about suggestions that would benefit the podcast 
and I have took we have done a lot of them. So what's our email there, Ryan, so they can get a hold of us? Or it's uh, Whitetail underscore Legacy at Yahoo. Yeah. All right, man. We appreciate you guys listening. If you're listening on iTunes, leave us a review. You can get a, you can get yourself a sticker. If you get do yourself that. a free sticker. So we still got a bunch of those laying around. So we appreciate it, guys. We love you. We're out.